0: Entertainment.
1: The journey to the draft is driven by Triple A. Triple A, roadside is their strong side. Make Triple A a part of your game day today. Triple A, go ahead. Welcome to the Journey to the Draft podcast, driven by AAA. I'm your host, Fran Duffy. We've got a jam-packed episode. We are going to be fully previewing the 2020 NFL scouting combine. It takes place next week in Indianapolis. Myself, Chris McPherson, Ben Fennel. we're going to break it all down this week, give you an idea of what to watch, what's most important next week out in Indianapolis. We're going to do all that in Draft Buzz. We're going to do that in Pick 6. But at the very top of this show, we're joined by an NFL scout Ryan Myers is joining. He's the West Coast Area Scout for the Eagles. He's been on the show once or twice in the past. He's going to join us and talk about what life is like for a scout at the combine. I promise, no other NFL Draft podcast has this kind of access this, at this point in the year. We're going to be joined by Ryan at the very top of the show in Mr. Relevant. Before we get into that, though, really quickly, just want to ask your guys for your help. If you listen to the Journey of the Draft podcast just in the spring, if you listen to it in the fall, if you listen to it any time of year, really want to ask for your help in help filling us out a survey. We put out a survey, you can find it in a number of different places, whether it's on my Twitter feed at FDuffy3, you can go to PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash survey you can go to the description in this podcast, it'll be right there on your phone it takes like 3-5 to five minutes, it's all content based, it's all geared towards making the show better for you at home so however you listen, if you go and just fill out that survey, take a couple minutes over the next couple days, really really appreciate your help we are able to do it over on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast and it really really helps us moving forward, so if you have a chance I promise it has nothing to do with ads and monetization and things like that. It's all about content and making it a better show for you. So give us your input, ways we can make the show better. Tell us what you like and what you don't like moving forward. All right. That being said, let's get to the top here. Really excited to welcome Ryan Myers back to the show. It's time for Mr. Relevant. It's time for
2: Mr. Relevant.
1: Welcome back to the uh, Journey to the Draft podcast, man. Appreciate you having me. So you were last on uh, last summer after the Eagles drafted Andre Dillard. You came on and and talked just about Andre uh, and just kind of seeing him through the process. We're getting ready for the combine now, and he was awesome at the combine. So I wanted to kind of sit down with you and just get a sense of, of a scout's life, at the combine, um, you know, and you're, and you're as an area scout now, uh, you know, you've got a specific routine and everything you're going to do. So take us take us through. What what is life like for an area scout going out to Indianapolis?
2: I'll, I'll be honest with you, they are long days, yeah. but they're productive days. So you know, you start weigh-ins typically at 7 a.m. Every day there's weigh-ins. Yes, yeah. every day there's weigh-ins because it's a different position group every day. Yeah, so every day there's weigh-ins, so you're there, um, and then you kind of go throughout the day. They're going to do it different this this year, mm-hmm. um, but in the past it's been workouts during the day. You have a quick break for dinner, and then you're shooting straight over for interviews, and those last till you know eleven thirty at night right. most of the time. Yeah. So. Um, and there's there's two sets of interviews that you'll do. You'll do a formal set and then you'll do an informal set across the street at the train station. Um, so that's always, you know, a lot of fun there.
1: So everyone talks about the formal interviews and like, how important they are. And they're, they're, obviously, they're incredibly important. Yeah. I want to ask about like the train station, because we don't talk. No one like talks about the train station. It's just like, oh, yeah, that's the train station. It's what is it like at the train station? the train station is nuts so that's kinda
2: <laughs> how i got how i got started really um, when i back was when i was with the 49ers this is my 15th combine okay and uh, i've been coming since 2005 but uh, the train station was where i used to get you know, my dirty work done over there. I all right, round a, guys up for our position coaches basically because, uh, you know, it's pretty much a free for all. You'll have a couple position groups in there. Each team has a table. And if you want a guy, you got to sit and wait on him. Mm. And, you know, some coaches want to hold them longer than others. So it's supposed to be 15 minutes, right? right? They blow the horn at 15 minutes. Not a lot of coaches want to listen. So sometimes you got to tap them on and say, hey, coach, I'm sitting here waiting for this guy. And then you'll have times where, uh, you'll you'll be sitting waiting for a guy. Then he stands up, and team walks over right at the last second. and Says, "Hey, I talked to him before this. He he was planning to come to our table. Hey, coach, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> if you want the guy, you got to work through me. You got to work through <laughs> me. You know. So you, some guys will try to punk you and and that type of thing. So." Um, I you know you just you can't back down. Yeah, you got to grab the young man by the by the shoulder and say, "Come on, you're coming to the Philadelphia Eagles." So
1: it's a it's a, it is like a it's the Wild West out there. It, it, it really is. That's insane. So like you, uh, you st- that was one of your first like big responsibilities out in San Francisco was doing that. Yeah. Uh, how is that different from going over to where the formal interviews are?
2: Yeah, the formal inter interviews are a little bit more. Uh, they're scheduled, so you have yeah. fifteen minute time slots, right? And each team has a hotel room so you know where the previous interview is going to be gotcha. so they will send with someone there he'll wait out front as soon as the interview's down he'll walk them down to the Philadelphia Eagles room and they'll blow the horn boom you have 15 minutes and then they'll give you a two-minute warning mm. bam bam um So that's a little more under control. A
1: little less conflict. Yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah, no doubt. When you work in
1: the train station, do you, like, is it like, all right, I've got it every single night, so that's, like, just something you have to, the whole week, you're, like, dead at the end of the week, then. Pretty
2: much, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I think they typically started at, like, 6 o'clock. It's, like, 6 to 11. Okay, got it. And it's full speed. Like I said, you're on your feet nonstop, and, you know, you're battling for guys, and it's, yeah, you're throwing elbows the whole day, so... It's uh, it,
1: that's about part of the process. I feel like just it hasn't really been talked about. So I'm glad you gave us a look inside what that's like. Uh, all right. So you have the weigh-ins. Uh, we're, you know, we're, a few weeks ago, we had the senior bowl and the com and the, uh, the shrine bowl, things like that. You mentioned at the combine, it's weigh-ins every single day. Are the weigh-ins about the same? It's like the same kind of process. It's just a lot more players. so They spread it out over the course of, of the week.
2: Correct. Yeah, Yeah. they spread it out through the course of the week. And like I said, it's by position group, too, So, which is nice. is You can kind of compare guys. That's a good um, point. Okay, I like that. And and contrast. Um, So that's good to see. And then, like I said, from the weigh-ins, you go straight to the on-field work. And um, the on-field work is, you know, that's by position group as Mm. well, but it's the 40s. Which is also very important in the process, as you know. Yeah. It's you know, you wanna you wanna match that up with their play speed, obviously, and then they get into their position group work as, as well. Do
1: you like you know? watching all those drills from the field? You like going up to the box and watching it in the suite?
2: Yeah, I like to get closer to the field gotcha. for the position work. Yeah. Um, same thing. You can hear, you know, the coaching points. Yep. Um, you can you can hear guys kinda getting after each other a little bit. Hey, are they are they leaders down there on the field right. when they're not working? Are they hyping guys up? You know clapping it up things like that are they
1: going over the bench and checking their phone and like doing stuff like that for the other side of the spectrum exactly gotcha. yeah yeah. Right.
2: what kind of teammates are they yeah you sure know?
1: that makes sense alright so uh, you're in town in Indianapolis for a long time what, what are some places that uh, you like to hit up when you're in town
2: I love uh, St. Elmo's you can't yeah. not go to saint Elmo's. got gotta go there and get the <laughs> shrimp cocktail yep. you gotta get a nice steak one night yep um, and, and, and then there's also, you know, there's a ton of other spots, but, yeah. you know, there's champs where, sure. where we typically go for lunch, grab a quick bite. Um, you name it, we've been there, yeah. you know, PF Changs. Right. Yep. Um,
1: sure. Now, there's a bunch of places like right. centralized right there. It'll be interesting with the new schedule this year, uh, how it kind of changes, Uh, how the crowds are moving throughout all those those restaurants and the scene down there in uh, in Indianapolis. will be a little bit different.
2: It will be different. You know, I heard they're moving the workouts to prime time now. So when we used to do the interviews at night, it's now going to be workouts at night. So the interviews will now take place all all throughout the day, Um, and then we'll shoot over. You know, it, it's. I think everything's going to take place at the stadium. Right. Yep. So we used to we used to have the Crown Plaza, the train station that we talked about. Um, now everything's going to be in the stadium. It, we'll have our own suites where we can conduct interviews, and then I think they're going to have like a big, you know, West End suite type yeah. deal where you can do the informal, which was the train station before. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it works out.
1: All right. So this is your fifteenth combine, uh, as you mentioned earlier. Is this is your third year on the on the West Coast. Yes. It was third year on the West Coast. So yeah. now, uh, you know, seeing those guys, how has that been different for you uh, as opposed to where you were, because you were East Coast before. How's right. that? How has that been a little bit different for you? Like different part of the country?
2: Yeah, no, it's been great. You know, I'm from the West Coast. Okay, got obviously. It. And you know, I would say, to be honest with you, the talent. People said that the West Coast was a lot more talented. Yeah, I'd say it's similar. Okay, um, overall, it's a case by case basis, sure. obviously. But you know, my thing that I get excited about is D line play. Mm. I love D line play. So combine wise, you know, on field position work when the D linemen come out. Um, you've seen some great one over the years. Mm. You know, I'll never forget like Mario Williams' workout, like mm. you know, Bosa last year. You get excited about seeing guys like that fly around. You know, just the violence, the change of direction, popping the pads, taking coaching, getting guys juiced up. Like you leave there excited. You yeah. know, seeing seeing guys like that. So, yeah.
1: combine in general, how big is that in your mind in terms of the, the overall process? You know, people talk about the athletic testing and the, obviously the medical and the interviews as well. Uh, how big of a piece of the puzzle is that in your mind
2: it's a huge piece yeah. it's a huge piece of the process it really is like basically it's part of the test yeah. and you want these young men to pass the test yeah. you know i mean what's in your body is, is it the same that like we said, does it match up with the tape, the play speed, mm. um, what the coaches told us about you? Does it match their numbers, or is it you know is it better than what they told you? That's yeah. always good when it's better. You're, you're pleasantly surprised. Mm. But is it significantly worse than you expected? Then we have to go back and you know really dig into it. It yeah. kind of it'll raise some red flags or give you the green light. Mm.
1: It's uh it's gonna be a fun, one, man. Excited to uh, get a little bit of behind a peek behind the curtain with you for the combine process. Thanks for joining us once again here on the Journey to the Draft Podcast. Driven by Triple A.
2: Thanks for having me, frame Now it's time for Draft Buzz.
1: All right, so great stuff there from Ryan Myers. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed that interview. Always fun to catch up with Tiny. Anytime we get to have uh, an NFL scout on the show, like I said, I mean, there's no other uh, NFL draft podcast this week that has an NFL scout on the show. Give us a little bit of a
0: peek behind the curtain into what it's like out in Indianapolis. It's funny when you have someone nicknamed Tiny, who's essentially a bouncer. I mean, that's what he did. I mean, when he talked about
1: what he did at the train station, I mean, that's that him being able to tell that story uh, on our podcast was was absolutely phenomenal. Nobody
3: nicknamed Tiny is actually Tiny. Without any the walks of life I've come across tinies yeah, the,
1: no.
0: one, the one thing I, that he pointed out though I enjoyed how he said at the senior bowl when they do the weigh-ins it's just everyone's out there at once yep. pretty much whereas here you're getting to see all the positions you know side by side by side so you're getting to compare the different body types right next to each other instead of going from one position to, to yeah, another I
1: thought that was a really good point too and just kind of help uh, kind of bring it into scope it's very much I was talking to somebody uh, today in the cafeteria and they were like you know it's absolutely groundhog's day next week. You know, you go you go out to Indianapolis and it's every day you start doing the same thing, especially once the drills start. It's You know, you you have the weigh-ins, and it's a little bit of a different order this year as opposed to what we've seen in the past. But uh, it's absolutely Groundhog Day when we get out there and get into the grind uh, of Indianapolis. Speaking of which, we talked last week about how it's a little bit of a different structure for this year. Uh, If you haven't heard yet, all the drills will now air in prime time. So starting at 4 o'clock Eastern time uh, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 2 o'clock on Sunday, going well into the night for the drills you can find on NFL Network and and ABC. Is that right, Ben? Is it going to go? I'm not sure the simulcast. Casting, if, uh, if they went both this year, I know they did yeah, that I'm last year, sure, right? Yeah. Uh, well, we'll say either way. NFL Network, make sure you're watching uh, Ben Fennel's coverage of the uh, NFL Scouting Combine in
3: four days. Yeah, uh,
1: it's
0: pretty wild. I <laughs> saw um, you doing the math when you, you took oh, the yeah. press release. Like, I have seven to plus process it.
3: You know, <laughs> if you're not mentally ready for three Days of seven hours of coverage, you'll you'll drown out there. No,
1: no question. So, uh, Tuesday, all the head coaches and general managers across the NFL are going to speak, including Hallie Roseman, including Doug Peterson. So, we'll have that coverage on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. The first Journey to the Draft podcast, uh, driven by AAA, will be Wednesday morning, and we will have one every single day, Wednesday, uh, which is the 26th, Wednesday, the 26th, all the way up through Monday, March 2nd. We'll have a Journey to the Draft podcast driven by AAA. So, the next time you hear our voices, We will be out in Indianapolis reacting to everything we've got uh, from the Combine. So excited. We're going to go position by position every single day out there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Until then, we're going to go position by position here in this segment. A little bit of a different structure. We're going to get away with what we've done over the last few weeks, guys. And here's my thought. All right, we're going to go through. We're going to go each position here. Let's talk a little bit about the drills that we're excited to see and the players that we're excited to see execute those drills. Because, uh, look, every drill matters. Otherwise, they wouldn't be be doing them. But, to me, the biggest thing is just understanding the value that teams and scouts and evaluators get from some of these key drills, why they're important and why these guys are asked to do them, and then the guys that were looking to answer some questions this week. So uh, I'll just go first, just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about here. Uh, For quarterback, I think one of the biggest ones, look, everybody's excited to see all the quarterbacks throw. Uh, Obviously, look, the Eagles don't necessarily, they don't need one of these big-name quarterbacks, but uh, it is big for the Eagles, for the teams that are drafting ahead of them. Uh, We want as many of them to go as early as possible. To me, one of the guys that has a big question to answer next week is Jake Fromm, the quarterback from Georgia. I think a lot of people have questions, oh, what is his arm strength like? I know uh, uh, Ben, Daniel Jarmai was talking on a recent <laughs> podcast about who, how he thinks some of those arm limitations may be more of a technical thing than with his stride. So if he is able to hone in on some of that stuff, he's been working down in Alabama with the, the QB country guys. If he's able to improve on some of that stuff, now maybe he, you know, he drives the ball a little bit better and he looks like a, a better prospect out in Indianapolis than what he put on film at Georgia.
3: It's always interesting with the quarterbacks that are now working on their mechanics and almost like changing up their process, delivery, and motion and stuff Yeah. because they go to the combine and they're not really a finished product. Right. So they're still a little bit fluid, a lot like when your, your coach changes your swing at the driving range. Sure. And your, swing, for
0: the call, and your swing's
3: <laughs> a mess for like two weeks. Yep. And some of these guys get caught in between at the combine and changing their footwork, their motion, how they're gripping the ball, their transfer of weight, and sometimes it's still a work in progress. So what you're getting at the combine may not be the finished product. So it's also a bit of a uh, buyer beware. That's a good point.
1: Uh, To me, one of the biggest things I like to see from the quarterbacks out in Indianapolis, C-Mac, I know you've talked about this before. We talked about it at the Senior Bowl. Just let it rip. Go out. It's not, we say all the time, anticipation throws, like the... The, the court, they don't want, want you to wait for the, court, but the receiver to get out of your break. We all understand that you have not worked with 99% of the receivers that are going to be out there in Indianapolis with you. Just let it loose. Show us what you got. Let the receiver go make a play. Don't let the ball come out super late because you were waiting for the receiver to come out of these breaks. That was one of the things we liked from Jordan Love while we were studying him in Mobile was first day of practice. He's not working with any of these guys in the past, and he's just showing trust in them. Hey, you know what? I know that you're supposed to be in this spot. When I release this football, I'm going to put it there. If you don't catch it, that's on you. That's the mindset I'd like to see from all these guys.
0: See, that's why for this exercise, I didn't pick Herbert. I didn't pick Love. We've seen those guys, and some of the things that they're looking to answer are more the meeting stuff, medical stuff, stuff that we're not really going to (laughs) see. Absolutely. I said from as well, but more from the athletic standpoint, Mm. because is he going to be someone who can do those reactionary type plays at the next level? Uh, You mentioned the Move the Six podcast, and they did a great job of looking at some of the the 40-yard dash numbers from quarterbacks. And typically you could have quarterbacks run in the fives, you know, 5.0, 5.1, and it was acceptable, it was fine. But over the last couple of years, that's dropping below where you're not seeing anyone hit that five mark that you need to see that athleticism. At least not They're from the top of the, the starting quarterback. correct? Right. Yeah. Yes, yes, the ones who make it in the league. So does he? is he going to be able to bring that? So it's not just the arm questions. It's going to be athletically, you know, will he be able to make it in the NFL? Yeah, With the way the game is being played more and more now.
1: Absolutely. I think, Ben, you and I have talked about that, how athleticism is becoming more and more important at the quarterback position. Those guys have to be able to get themselves out of trouble. So uh, maybe in the past, that wasn't as big, but now teams want to see how these guys move and if they're able to kind of help themselves and create outside of structure. All right, let's get to uh, another position here, running back. And, um, you know, to me, we could talk about which which drills matter, you know, which tests matter. Ultimately, I think one of the biggest things that I'm most excited to watch with these running backs is what they do in pass trails all right how do they look as receivers as route runners catching the football do they look natural catching the ball out in space you know we'll see them run vertically down the field deep vertical routes we'll see them run angle routes over the middle but do they look natural catching the football do they look comfortable at the catch point for me That's none none bigger here than Jonathan Taylor. I think that's the question a lot of people had for him coming into this season. What did he have, six career catches Mm -hmm. coming into his final season on campus? But made up for it
3: this year. Made up for it this year. They used him much more in the passing. Yeah, Yeah,
1: he caught like three passes in the first half of that first game against South Florida. I think when you look at Jonathan Taylor, you want to be able to see, all right, what what can he offer
3: us in the passing game? And there are a few other guys in this class who have that same question. I put a play into uh, his breakdown for the Combine. He ran an angle route against Northwestern. Okay. And it beautiful angle route. You just didn't see enough of it in his college career. Right. It was like he showed you it was flash. you can do it. Just didn't really see it early in his college career. Yeah, I, I think too, so. To me, uh,
1: Jonathan Taylor being able to prove himself in the pass game, I think, will be important.
0: See, another thing with Taylor is the athleticism. Yeah. And the forty yard dash, the three cone drill, because sort of Wisconsin backs have that stigma that they're plotters, they're compilers, and you know certainly you know he's racked up a lot of miles, a lot of yeah. carries in the last three years. But you pointed out in this pocket before. You think there's a little bit of juice to him. He's there's gonna blow little, it
1: up. He's gonna he's gonna test very well. There's gonna be more. I thought, and yeah. I think
0: that's something that people are gonna be surprised by. So I, I was thinking of Taylor, but not so much from the past game standpoint. It's just to prove that he's not one of those, you know, Wisconsin those Ron Dane type backs that we've seen in the past come out of Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, from a test from a pure athletic testing standpoint, I think uh, you know not enough, or I would say a little bit too much is put into the forty time. Take a look at that ten yard time. You want to be able to see the short area burst mm-hmm. with these guys, and you know obviously the uh, the, uh, the the broad jump, the vertical jump, kind of shows that lower half explosiveness. You want to be able to see that as well. But ultimately, you're not necessarily always worried about the forty time. It's more what is that what does that split time look like uh, with these running backs? So I think Jonathan the forty Taylor's yard day.
3: dash also projects more accurately to running backs than a lot of other positions. Hey, how so? Explain. I think they just have more of an opportunity to put their foot in the ground and go. Yeah. And show off a linear path run. Yep. So that makes me really intrigued to see, like, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. What is his 40-yard dash time with his little strides? Right. He runs away from everybody. Yeah. Um, You know, Jonathan Taylor, 100-meter champ in New Jersey, needs a bit of a runway to get going. How quick can he get up to that top speed? Right. Um, You know, other guys as well, J.K. Dobbins and DeAndre Swift— are they 4-4 guys? Are they 4-5 guys? Right. Do they have that home run ability in the NFL? Yeah. Zach Moss. Hmm. Is he a 4-6 running back? Right. I think it's like with Zach Moss, he's, and I'm glad you brought him up because I feel
1: like he's a guy that, and there are a bunch of guys across the scope of all positions, where I just don't want them to go to the combine and be like, don't tank it. Like right. We know you're not a great athlete on film. We know you're not a great athlete. Just don't prove that you're like a bad athlete. we now it's like Orlando Brown a few years ago and everybody's questioning whether or not he can play. For Zach Moss, hey, you go and you run low four sixes, you run high four fives, we're in we're in business. We're gonna, we're gonna check the box and keep going.
0: You know, you haven't pu- plugged your podcast or you go out sky podcast yep. at all yet, which you had two combine trainers. Uh, one from Exos and another from the Michael Johnson sports performance. Yep, Brent Calloway and Brian yeah, McCall. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Great, great interviews. And I think they brought up a good point in terms of these guys want to present the best version of themselves. That yep. to Ben's point that they're unfinished products, but the fact that they're treating this like a job interview and if you're getting, you know, what's projected to be a better than maybe what's expected at times yep. in some of these drills, that shows that they're putting the work, that they're putting in the effort that you can It's another step toward being able to trust them on Sundays. Sure. Which is what teams are going to be looking to do. Can I trust this guy on Sundays with the game on the line? If these guys who are projected to not be great athletes do tank, then it's what have you been doing the last couple of months to get ready for this? Because, you know, pretty much since the end of the college football season, you've had all the free time in the world. You haven't had classes, you haven't had that structure it's on you to get yourself ready for this big job interview what have you done to put yourself in the best position
1: yeah we've seen stories you know reports in the past over the last few years of uh guys that maybe you know there was a report this guy didn't take training seriously and maybe that did show up or didn't show up uh in the testing scores but uh ultimately i think that you know with all these guys i'm a big believer in that the combine when it comes to the athletic testing I want, I'm more impressed, or I, sh- I should say, I take more out of the guys that surprise me in a positive way, as opposed to the guys that. It's harder. The thing I always I always say is, it's harder for a bad athlete. To test well than for a good athlete to test poor. I think a guy as a good athlete might just have a bad day. Hey, you know, yeah. I just I didn't sleep well last night. I'm a, I'm a little tight. I'm a little sore. I you know that might knock two tenths of a second off my 40 time. Whereas look if you're if you're a bad athlete and you got to run a 4-3 with a 3-7 uh, you know shuttle time and all this stuff. I'm sorry, that's impressive to me. Like yeah. I'm like, all right, yeah. So now I'm I, I'm more caught off by the guys that impress me on a positive standpoint. Maybe I'm just a half-class full kind of guy too. But um, I'm
3: trying to think if there was a case in the past year or two where a guy said he had food poisoning.
1: Right. And, yeah, no, like, and nobody
3: really knew. Yeah. Right. And, he, see, and was, he tested like two tenths higher and was...
1: Yeah, well, that's really like you know the Trent Cole's and, calls. and Jason Cole Kelsey. You line. know, Jason, yep. Kel- well, Jason Kelsey was was sick the, a couple weeks before Trent Cole had the same deal Might and he didn't test pop, well like
3: Pollard last year. Well, oh, really, yeah, like that, positive, that's though. the thing.
1: It's like it, there's so many extenuating circumstances with these guys. Uh, that was one of my big takeaways from that podcast. Again, you can go find that
3: on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. Let's. Uh, r- I, I r- also feel like the 40 yard dash for the running backs. Yeah. can get your tires kicked for a couple of years. It's true. You put up a big time. Yeah. for a running back. Maybe you don't make a team, maybe you're a practice squad, but you put up a 4 3 time. Yeah. That will get you some looks later in life. And, you know, maybe the names, there's a lot of big names on this list, but, you know, the Raymond Calais at University of Lafayette, Levante Bellamy's of the world. Sure. Um, Even some guys like Anthony McFarlane, who came out as a redshirt sophomore out of Maryland. Yeah. You know, these are names that maybe aren't on the national spotlight yet, but are probably 4 3 backs that will make names for themselves at the combine. No, but that's, that's a Fran's
0: point. point before on on the Eagle Island Sky podcast. Once you're a four four guy, you're a four four guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, you may never run four four again if you're light, but if you do it at the combine on the biggest stage you're forever known as Fran Duffy, a four-four guy. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 that's what I'd like to be <laughs> well, known well, someone <laughs> that, that was the best part. Like, oh, someone in high school <laughs> timed <you> all like, <laughs> so you start clicking like halfway through the run. Right, like,
1: exactly right. I, I ran four-four in the 10-yard dash. Right. Um, all right, so let's go to wide receivers. And I think with receivers, um, athleticism is at a premium, right? That's the most important uh, real premier trait for the wide receiver position is athletic ability. Uh, And we're going to judge all these guys. Remember all the talk last year about DK Metcalf. Yeah, he ran the great 40 time, but the shuttle times weren't great. And there's, there's those guys every single year. To me, though, and I, the athletic testing is important. I love watching the gauntlet, man. I, ben, I know you feel the same way. Like to me, like I want to see these receivers run through the gauntlet. And I'm gonna hit on this in the in my the cheat sheet article that I post next week. CMAC is like three things I want to see from the gauntlet. Number one, I want to see these guys. And the, for those that haven't or may not remember, the gauntlet drills, when the guys are lined up along one sideline. They run along the width of the field. They catch what four or five passes mm-hmm. along the way. Uh, rapid fire. You know, catch one pass, turn to your right, catch another, turn back to the left, catch the third. All the way over to the other sideline, and you run through the end zone. To me, I want to see them run with good pacing. You're not jogging through the route. You want to catch it smooth and make sure that there's no double catches. But you're also not just patting it to the ground. You see some guys try and cheat the drill and just (laughs) knock it down to the ground so it doesn't look like a drop or a double catch. And then just finish strong. If you don't want things, if you drop one pass, don't let it snowball. uh, You know, move on and and keep going and finish the drill strong. Those are the three things that I like to see from all these guys uh, in the gauntlet drill. Um, who are some guys you're excited to see run this gauntlet?
3: So we're going to use a previous gauntlet to show how it should be done, and it was last year, Debo Samuel. Okay, strong gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Ran four four eight, 4 8 but they didn't use him down the field. A right. lot of shallow crosses with the 49ers, a lot of RPOs, a lot of in-breakers, slants. Yeah. And you watch him just streak across the field, pluck the ball away from his frame, and accelerate through the catch point. Yep, love it. And you can only do that if you have confident hands. Yes. And the gauntlet, you want them to stay on the line. You want them to catch the ball cool. yep. with speed, with pacing, and accelerate through the catch point, Yep, because that gets you a step ahead in yards after catch, and I thought Debo Samuel did a great job at the Combine, did a great job for the 49ers this year, but there's certain guys like a K.J. Hamler, exciting athlete, explosive, his hands will get put on full display. Yeah on the gauntlet drill.
1: Yeah, so now it's a matter no of how does he to, look. Yeah. There's no room to hide. No, you're, you are very much exposed in that drill. Uh, if you And again, it's to me, if he has a drop early. You drop that first one, that second one, that's fine. Guys drop him all, all the time in that drill. Guys have great hands. Don't let it bounce now. Don't let that thing roll roll downhill. and now all of a sudden you drop three, you stumble out of the break, you fall making the turn. We've seen some guys have really, really bad gauntlets. And listen,
3: in the course of a game, a curl route, you can catch with your body. Yes. A a route down the field. You can basket catch it. These routes across the middle of the field, you cannot do anything but pluck it with your hands. You can't let it get into your chest. You can't basket catch it. You really can't body catch it or corral it with your stomach. It's hands or nothing, and that's kind of the beauty of this drill. Yeah, so guys, I I think Justin Jefferson is going to crush this drill. Uh, I think CeeDee Lamb is going to crush this drill. Um, What do you think of Tyler Johnson? guy with drop issues, high-volume receiver, though, who's made some incredible catches as well. Mm. Yeah. Those guys are tough that make the acrobatic ones, the tough ones, the adjustments, the low, the junk catches, but he has the boneheaded drop every now and then, and some of them were on on tough stages, like... You know, against Auburn in a yep. bowl game, right? I think and I think Tyler Johnson, he might have one of the bigger weeks just
1: because, like, he's a guy that I think people question the athleticism too. Is mm-hmm. our right, what? What does he have? What, what kind of juice does he have? That'll be a big week people for him. People think next
3: week. he's a Allen Robinson. He's going to show up and run four six five, right? That'll but be, it, but yep. it's a look at his tape. He gets himself open. He yep. knows how to get open on the field. Where does that translate to shorts T-shirt? times, things like that.
0: So you bring up the gauntlet. I also am interested by the deep passes. Yeah, yeah. And The guy I'm looking at there is Henry Ruggs, yep. largely because everyone is mocking him to the Eagles and even some mock drafts have him going before the Eagles sure. pick at number 21. We know that he can take a short pass and take it to the house. We know he's very good on the slants, great yard, yards after the catch ability, Yep. but if he's going to be a player you're going to use as a vertical weapon at the next level, you talked about how Debo Samuel wasn't used that as a rookie. If you want to use Ruggs like that, I want to see how he can track the ball deep. That's something that Deshaun Jackson does extremely, extremely well for the Eagles. Yep. I want to see can Ruggs do that, and yeah. if he could do it at a at a proficient enough level, that he could be a threat early in his career.
1: I think that's a good point. And
0: those deep balls too. I remember watching Brian Edwards over the summer. Right, really good receiver,
3: and we just kept noticing, a couple issues tracking the ball deep. Yep. So, there's they do an over the shoulder drill. And a go ball drill, both will kind of profile his ability to find the ball over his shoulders.
1: And some guys are better tracking over their left shoulder as opposed to their right, if right. they're right hand Great dominant point. or left hand dominant. So uh, they'll be tested in both sides of it. It'll be interesting to see how they. And it's
3: fun. Play. I go through some old combines to find the uh, examples of the drill done well. Right. There are some horrendous passes. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Un- underthrown, <laughs> overthrown. It should be over the right shoulder. It's five yards inside. Right. I mean, some of the quarterbacks are tight end prospects. Right, yeah. And <laughs> sure. y- you quickly find out when you see these balls you know, deep, and the receiver's waiting for it, and he's looking around, and it was five yards underthrown, and sometimes you're a product of who's thrown to you as well. No and question. Um, so... It's a team sport. There's somebody on the the other side of those passes.
1: No, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, To me, the other big thing with receivers is, uh, look, with all these big receivers uh, in this draft, and there's a bunch of them, right? There's the Michael Pittman Juniors, the Antonio Gandy Goldens. You mentioned Brian Edwards. uh, Even a T. Higgins, you know, the Isaiah Hodgins. Like, all these guys. How are they going to test? You know, Who are the guys that are going to stand out above the rest in that big receiver group? Uh, do they have the ability to separate and create space for themselves uh, at the next level? That's going to be a big thing that they're all going to have to answer in one way, shape, or form. I think with all the athletic testing, again, with the 40, don't overrate the 40 with these guys because, uh, again, we'll re- reference the Move the Sticks podcast. They did a great job this week talking about the re- running backs and receivers. I think the average receiver in terms of the guys that were finished top ten in catches this year, the average forty was like four five six or four five five. Like we, it doesn't. You don't need to be four four. You don't need to be four three nine. But you need to be able to separate. You need to be able to uh, do that in a short area. So uh, you know, it's not just about how well you want to run in a straight line, unless you are a pure deep ball guy. Like if you are a speed threat, I need you to be able to run well. Like if if KJ Hamler runs four five eight. Now we've got now we've got problems. Yeah. He's not going to run four, five, eight, but you know what I'm saying. Like we need the fast guys need to be able to run fast. The slow guys, if you run slow, that's okay, but make sure that you know you're you're shining in the areas where we expect you to shine.
3: And I cannot confirm yet, but be on the lookout for a couple of the receivers. Yeah, to hang out and do some running back drills either after their day, okay, or stay for the next day. The running backs are the following day. Interesting. So guys mm. like Lynn Bowden Jr., yep. Kentucky, Antonio Gibson, Antonio Gibson Memphis, sure. some that's, of the hybrid players. Yep. There's some scouts that want to see them do some running back drills, some off tackle stuff, some pitching cone things I believe like it. that. Sure. Um, I think they're still working out. Will they do those right after their workout, or will they hang behind and work out with the running backs the next day? I like it. No, yeah. that's, a good, that's,
1: a, that's a good nugget. Scoopage. There. All right, so let's go uh, tight ends here. And to me, uh, talking about just drills that matter to me, I, the, the tight ends run the gauntlet as well. I want to mm-hmm. be able to see the gauntlets. Are the tight ends run through the gauntlet uh, just as well as the tight ends? For me, the big guy that I kind of want to watch here. Is Thaddeus Moss, and you know, for my tight end cheat sheet next week, C-Mac, he will be my trust the tape guy. This is not a guy that I expect to test super, super well, but kind of like what we talked about earlier um, at the running back spot. I don't need don't go out and bomb it. Don't go out and you know and do what uh, – remember Isaac Nauta last year, the, the tight end from Georgia, where it was like, yeah, he's a solid athlete on film, and then he goes, and it was a terrible athletic performance. And, and now it's like, oh, well, there's, there's no way I can grade this guy above this guy, this guy, this guy, if I have these kind of athletic concerns about him. That's my concern. My thing with Thaddeus, <clears throat> Thaddeus Moss is – just make sure you go out and just have a solid performance. But uh, I like that kid on tape, man. Like he gets after it. Uh, he's a good blocker. He's, he's tough. He's competitive. Yeah. Uh, I I really like Thaddeus Moss. That's
0: the thing is, everyone thinks well, he's Randy Moss's son. Right. He's gonna have these great hands, prolific pass catcher. And yes, he did set the school record. He did. for a tight end in terms yeah. of receive receptions and receiving yards. Sure. But his national championship performance, the two touchdowns, kind of inflate that a little bit. You know, I wholeheartedly agree that the gauntlet is the thing you want to see from him because he. Brings Brings everything else to the table that you want out of a tight end, especially a throwback tight end more than, than anything else. They also else never use their tight
3: ends. that's, no, that's, that's like Joel, yeah. It's like Joel Klatt going to Colorado and breaking all the passing records. It was a triple option school before right. he got there. Um, so it's always funny just to look at how they use the, the pieces before that. Fran, every year there's a tight end that gets up to the blocking drill. And doesn't know how to put his hand on the ground. All right, who
1: are you expecting that to be? I year? don't know, but there's always
3: one. <laughs> how and is it possible that they get to this point? Like
1: after training, and they they, they just—it's wrong. Like they get up there, and it's not. And it's they all work right.
3: on it, but you know that blocking drill is a little bit late into the into the workout, right. and maybe they just get a little bit of a lapse on what hand they should have had down, and what side are they making them line up on. Yeah. I'm telling you, there's a guy every year where the coach steps in and kind of corrects their stance mm. or makes them refire off or something. So I'm not sure who that's going to be. You know. Actually I was watching some more Harrison Bryant at okay. FAU. Huge numbers in the pass game. Yep. He gets after you in the run game a no little question bit. He does. The thing is he wasn't asked to do it a whole lot. Right. So he has that Dallas Goddard kind of profile where yep. it's like I think he could be really good at it. He just wasn't asked to do it very much. He was catching 50 balls a year for Lane Kiffin in that pass game. Yep. Um, But there's a couple plays where he's finishing guys and pancaking and playing with good effort. Yeah, slightly different body type uh, than that. Dallas, a bigger kid, so that gave you more uh, confidence that he could be an inline player. But. I like Harrison Brown. There's a bunch of tight ends, though, that spent a lot of time out in the slot, a lot of receiver-like yep. duties and things like that, where you're going to come to the combine and have to get into a three-point stance. No question. Hopefully uh, hopefully you uh, practiced in the hallway before yeah, you showed up. Let's hope so. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the offensive line here. Um, look, drills that matter.
1: Uh, do we care about the 40 time for offensive linemen? Yep. No. Yeah. Do we care about shuttles? Yes. Do we care about 10 yard split? I care about 10 yard split. I want to see uh, the lower body ha- explosiveness, the uh, potential power there with the broad jump and the vertical jump. I want to be able to see that stuff. To me, like the 40 time is fun. I like say, hey, if a 320 pound guy runs, uh, you know, 4
0: 9, that, I'm all for seeing huh. that. Well, when you said that, when you first said 40 yard, I was like, yes, but it's like not the 40 as much. It's the 10 yards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I
3: mean. Like, I want to be able to see the, the
0: splits and things like that. Things what like you're
3: that. doing but, out there. If you're the Titans trying to get Dennis Kelly, you know, out there in the red zone uh, in the pass game. No, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to ask them to run a sail route. you got to right. right. have them ready. Right. Um, but to me, I think you look at
1: the, at the shuttles, you look at the jumps, I think that's all. those are all important for offensive linemen. Ben, I want to ask you this question. There's a few drills they do with uh, these position drills with the linemen. Yeah. What's your favorite of the drills for the O, o- lineman? You got the, you have the um, you have the mirror drill. Mm-hmm. You've got the, uh, the 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 cone drill where they've got to you know get to the, the, their landmark and pass protection for the tackles. Uh, what's your favorite
3: uh, position? The drill? mirror drills ended up being a little bit of a cartoon lately because mm-hmm. the rabbit always runs a little bit too frenetic and the guy can never keep up properly. I really like the the drop. Okay. And it's the hip yep. flip. So they're going to drop down the hashes at 45-degree angles flipping yep. their hips. Mm-hmm. And you could really see the fluidness in their hips, their athleticism, their light feet. And I'm using an example this year of Elton Jenkins from Mississippi State. Okay. And you can really see it when guys have to pick up twists and stunts. Because mm. typically you get your hips flipped, then you have to flip them back to like kind of recover. Yep. Um, he looked really good last year, kind of solidified that spot at left guard. That's just one that you're really kind of naked there going down the middle of the field. And you can really see the fluidness and, and how light and loose you are in your lower half. Yeah, I like that. That's a good drill. Not to mention the wave drill. And that's really just mirroring the coach's movements, yes. left, right, forward, back. And it's all about how do you control that 300-pound frame, 330, maybe 370 Makai Mekhi Right. When you say, go left, stop, go right, how many steps does it take you to throttle down and change directions? How much control do you have over your weight, your movement, your balance? it's not necessarily that it says you know that's a play in football or a run play or a pass set it's just general athleticism general balance and it's on full display there when you're in shorts and a t-shirt just going left right forward back north south and you, east, get a, you get a
1: sense of, of how much twitch the guys got no you know, question I, I, yep. and you'll see the coaches kind of get on those guys if they start trying to guess when right. they're when the next uh, movement the next direction is coming so uh, you'll see those guys get on them and say hey Wait for me to tell you no what, when to change direction. Yep. Uh,
3: and they'll, and they'll they always the test drill. that like fourth or fifth guy right. when you know that change of direction is coming. And they'll wait that extra count and see if they'll drift a little further outside the drill. Exactly. Uh, just to make sure you're listening to their commands. But, yeah. yeah, the wave and the drop is what that's called. Two of my favorites. No, that's a, that's a
1: good call there. Um, any players that we're excited to kind of see? Where I mean, Look, there's a bunch of junior offensive linemen uh, that I think everybody's excited to get some real measurements on. Um, I'll tell you what, one guy, c you and I saw at the Senior Bowl, I was really really high on this guy going in and I only watched a game was Nick Harris the center from okay. Washington I don't think he had the best week down there uh, the body types not great in terms of his length and things like that but uh, this guy is really athletic on tape so to me a great way to bounce back from Mobile come out here to Indy and show like hey, yeah this is the guy that we're running wide zone with we're, we're getting him out in the perimeter in screens and letting him do damage do work out in space uh, I, I want to see Nick Harris kind of bounce back in that way
0: see a guy who I loved at the Senior Bowl the same position as Lloyd Cushenberg yeah, from LSU is another person who I'm excited to see. Someone who anchored arguably the best offense in college football history, you know, everybody's talking about Burrow, the the weapons that he's had on the outside, I don't feel like some of those guys, he, Damien Lewis, are getting enough love there.
1: Sadiq so Charles, the left tackle. He's an athletic specimen, man. Like he's going he's gonna to test really, really well.
3: Also something to consider. There's a lot of run schemes that require vertical displacement. Right. Yep. Those are your gap schemes where you want movement straight ahead. That's what LSU does a lot of. Cushumberry, Damian Lewis, people movers. Yep. What happens when they ask them to pull? And they're going to do long pulls. They're going to do fold blocks. They're going to do deep pulls where they have to kind of reset back and kind of get some depth. Mm-hmm. These are guys that are used to going straight ahead, what do they look like going east and west, yep. pulling? Can they play in a zone scheme? Mm. These are the types of movements that you start to see. Are they scheme-specific or not?
1: Yeah, I think that's a, that'll, that'll be big for a lot of these uh, offensive linemen. From a body type standpoint, too, a lot of people will be looking at arm length, uh, certainly for the tackles. you know, Do you have 30? Uh, you know, everyone wants the 34 inches, but do you have 33, or is it into the 32s? If you worry about the guy's length uh, in terms of his arms, and then you, you start worrying about their ability to play on contact, play at the point of attack, uh, and th- those kinds of things. A handful
3: but, of medicals, too, that'll be big this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tan Muti, Trey Adams, yep. guys like that. That's a good yeah. one.
1: Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm excited to see Makai Mekhi- Beckton in person. Yeah. Uh, this kid is a mammoth uh, <laughs> uh, of an offensive lineman and more athletic. Like, this isn't like a guy you're like, oh, you know, he's really big and he's not athletic, but he's really big. This guy's big and he's athletic. Like he's,
3: he's not just big; he's big he's am- among big people. Right. Yes. He's been working with Big Duke down there in Texas. That's true. Yeah. Putting some clips. He you can find him instantly. Right. Yeah. Among <laughs> other enormous tackles. Right. It's just to see him with other 6'5", 330 guys, and you're sure. like. There's the 6'7", 370 guy. Easily right. find him. Ugh. A massive, massive player. He can move. He can move. He, yes.
1: He's not, like he's not. Like, I don't say he's like freak show, freak show, but no. like, for a guy who's three seventy to move the way he does is very, very impressive. Like
3: it's very awkward though. Yeah, the whole, his his sets are awkward. He's such a staggered stance. He doesn't actually take pass sets. He right. doesn't gain any depth. Well, he his, just dares you go around him. Like, oh, all yeah. right,
1: try, try and go around me. Like, and his just,
3: sets are so calm and so square. Yeah, he doesn't fly out and overset and give up inside moves. He stays square, so he sees all the stunts and twists. My biggest knock on is, I don't think you play him out in the perimeter very much. Right. So you're not going to do a lot of pin pulls. Sure, I don't think he's going to do much for you in a screen game. But he is just absolutely he's, massive. Dude, he's,
1: a, he's a big. I don't big know if boy. he's Brian
3: McKinney, Max Starks. Yeah. Like Those your, are guys that survived at 6'6, 360. I mean, there are
1: plenty of guys playing in the league right now that are that big. I know? think what I wrote are, down Leonard Davis, who is 6'7, 360. Yeah. More, mm. you know, Morgan Moses, you look at Trent Brown, you look at there's a bunch of big offensive tackles in this. Those in this are easy now. comps,
3: though, because there's only so many to right. even choose from. Yeah. No, um, no question. He's bigger than Trent Brown.
1: Yeah. He's, which is saying something. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go to the defensive side. And uh, edge rushers, huge, the To me, like the defensive linemen, especially in today's climate, like, I want these guys to be athletic. I want to see how these guys move. So, um, you know, we're talking about what drills matter. I think all the athletic tests are are important, certainly, but I think when we talk about position drills, like I want to see uh, you know, Ben, you'll know the name of this drill more so than I will, but um, you know, when they uh, are forced, it's Hmm. kind of like the wave drill that you were explaining where they're basically following the direction of the coaches in terms of are they going to chase left, chase right? I just want to be able to see their ability in transition. The bag drills help with that too. Just seeing how light they are on their feet, their ability to kind of move laterally, uh, certainly big, but I, I want to see how these guys moved. Uh, C-Mac, I know one guy that stood out to us last year when we watched the drills was Tristan Hill. Uh, yeah. I hadn't studied him before that, and I, I watched him. I said, this guy looks just as good as all the – he ended up being a second-round pick um, you know, for the Dallas Cowboys. But I think you look at a guy like that 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 move as a big boy that moves as well as he does, that's kind of what you're looking for. Whether it's these edge rushers or whether it's the interior defensive linemen, uh, you want to be able to see how well they move.
3: And it's really interesting because the D-line's broken up into interior and edge. Yes. Yeah, so but a lot of the edge guys are now drifting into the linebacker group. Right. So the edge group is pretty particular. Yeah. And pretty small actually. And this is probably the least diverse of any of the position groups right. at the combine. Yep. Because if you have any sort of athleticism, let me show what I can do in linebackers. Right. Yep. And if you have any sort of kind of stoutness, let me just be a trench player. Yep. Um, so it's kind of interesting to assess who's in that group, who decided to stay in that group. Um, so that's the Kenny Willikus, the Bradley Anai, AJ Epinesa, right? You know, J- Jason Strobridge is sure. mm-hmm. going to work out with the edges. Yep, uh, some guys like that. Chauncey Rivers, interesting player out of Mississippi State.
1: Any players that we're most excited to see? I think I'd put like a guy like we look. We expect Chase Young to blow the doors off any athletic test that he that he does. Uh, you know, Caleb Chase is going to blow the doors off all these athletic tests in terms of pure raw numbers. AJ Eponessa, the defensive end from Iowa, is a guy that look. Going back to some of these other guys, I will, I know he's not a great athlete based off Phil. He's not going to light up the test scores. Just don't be terrible. Like right. that's a, that's all for me for AJ Panessa. I know what kind of player he is. He's not a guy that wins with pure raw athleticism. So I'm not expecting him to put that on display this week.
3: His evaluation on a fortune cookie: violent, explosive, productive, <laughs> stiff, and that's Bradley and I too. Violent yeah. hands. Yep. What's he going to look like in the pass rush drills, getting around the corner, right. the movement drills, yep. things like that? Those are the exactly the guys. The Epinesas, the Bradley and Eyes. What do you look like? Movement patterns. Yeah. We know you can u- use your hands technically. Yep. There aren't a whole lot of opportunities to use your hands technically at the combine. No. It's movement patterns: forward, back, north, south, east, west. How do you move as an athlete? Yep. And this really isn't what they do well. right? So it's going to be interesting to see how you kind of evaluate them and how much value you even put into what they're doing. Is
0: there a guy that you're most excited to see? I yeah, think would be the one yeah, because it seems like very productive, 26 and a half sacks in his career, double digits the last two seasons. So obviously he knows how to get to the quarterback. But with him, the three cone, you know, yeah. does he have that flexibility yep. to bend the corner? The big question I have for him, and to see if he'll be able to be continue that kind of productivity at the NFL. Right. The three
1: cone is certainly the, of the athletic test. I think that that's the one that a lot of people point to for edge rushers <laughs> exactly. and say like this is the most important. So uh, that's go- I'm glad you brought that <laughs> up. Even interesting to cone. see yeah. like
3: Raquan Davis with the edges,
1: right? Is he? Oh, is he worth the edges? He's with the edges. Really? Right here interesting. With
3: Group Eight, yep, he's right before Epinesa, right after Bradley and I, Kendall Coleman. Interesting. Yeah, so, I
1: mean, that's,
3: a big, that's, a, that's a big I, I love too. looking down this list to see where people decided to kind of settle sure. in. Isaiah Simmons, initially a DB, yep. immediately moved to the linebacker. Grade, yeah, so. I,
1: I think what's interesting about that is I think that Uh, in talking with people around the league that I think a lot of guys would try and They would try and get into groups where uh, their numbers wouldn't look bad in comparison with the rest And so you would say oh well, you know, I'm a a heavier DB It benefits me to go and work out with the linebackers. I'm a heavier I'm a lighter D tackle. It benefits me to go and work with the D tackles because my numbers will look great but now I think that that has kind of changed a little bit because they understand teams are all putting their own data, and it's not the raw numbers. It's all about how everything gets you know weight adjusted and things like that. Anything you put out in terms of raw data doesn't mean all that much. It's more about you know what how, what you're able to put on display, and as you mentioned, seeing Raquan Davis do edge drills, seeing uh you know uh, these some of these defensive ends do linebacker drills, that's more beneficial than you know some of the other stuff that they might be asked to do on the field. And
3: in full disclosure, I really don't know how this even gets determined. Does yeah. the player have input? Does the agent have input? Is it the scouts' preference? I think the we want to see him do these drills. My understanding is that players can put in requests
1: through their agents but nfs ultimately the, the scouting server will ultimately decide who goes where and, and where now it.
3: the league can also request yes, drills to correct. be done yes but it's the player's prerogative to do them or not correct yes. a la lamar jackson receiver drills exactly you know.
1: right yep 100 percent. so um no let's go moving on to interior defensive linemen mm-hmm. uh any guys here that were it's a good group overall any guys we were most excited to be able to see work out next week Kinlaw,
0: for me, okay. yeah. I, I, I want to say in the broad jump. Does he have the explosiveness because 6'5", 315 pounds, it's, you know that he could be a nose tackle. He's going to look good. But that's as a, he's gonna look yeah. good, yeah. We know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no question. The thing is, does is he gonna offer that pass rush ability mm. at the next level? That's the one thing that I want to see if he has the explosiveness to do that.
3: I'm telling you right now, he's gonna elect to have the cut off sleeves. Yep. He should. His biceps are enormous. Right. You've seen him, I mean, you've seen him
1: live, what, like three times, four yeah, times? Yeah, a couple yeah. times, a yep. couple
3: times this year, working out with DJ Wanham in pre-games. His bicep is literally the size of my waist. Yeah. Enormous, enormous, massive player. His waist is His long. arms are as long as your whole body. Yeah, like, I hey, wrote down pass rush drills. Yeah. Because he okay. wasn't given, given a lot of opportunities to win on a half man. Right. They beat the number one team in the country, Georgia. He's yep. up Jake Fromm's butt all day. They yep. put him at three tech. He's destroying guards. And then next week, they put him at nose and three-man rushes, and he's yep. got triple teamed. Right. And His lack of production, I don't think he was putting opportunities and positions to be successful. And I think he's going to be a much better pro. And I think he's really going to kind of start that display like he did at the Senior Bowl. He was unblockable down there. Oh yeah, they
1: they they had no answers for practice that last day. He he
3: he put enough on tape.
1: Yeah, they had no answers for him. I I think a guy that kind of fits in the same boat for me. Is Neville Gallimore, and yep. I think if you look at the change in defensive mm. scheme this year uh, for what they were able to do uh, with Alex Grinch coming over from Ohio State. Uh, you know, Neville Gallimore is a big kid. He cut a little bit of weight this year. He is—he's ridiculously athletic, man. And so, for what he's going to be asked to do, uh, you know, from a testing standpoint, I think he's going to blow that out of the water. And then from a, from the position drills. I think he's going to look really, really good. I, I'm really, really excited to see what Neville Gallimore puts on film. To me, you know, coming into this point, I think from a media standpoint, he's seen as a second-round pick by most people. He sneaks into some first-round mocks. Mm-hmm. I My guess is, is after Indy, he's going to be in like all the first-round mock drafts. That's just my guess on yeah, Neville Gallimore. He's going to look good out there.
3: Yeah, I, I think Another so. guy interesting, Marlon Davidson. Yeah, He's with the Trench guys. He is with, okay, mm. which Ooh. makes sense. hybrid player yep. at Auburn. Started his career 6'3, 290 coming out of high school. Yep. Stand up edge. He's played interior. He's played nose. Yep. Up and down the line. I uh, actually watched some of his freshman year tape just to see how he was used early on. Sure. Played against Baker Mayfield, Danny Etling, Deshaun Watson. Yep. Like, it's been around for a long time, him and Derek Brown. Yeah,
1: no question. It's a, uh, uh, he's a, a very interesting, we've talked about him the last couple of weeks on the podcast. As weird as
3: it is, he looks so similar to Nick Co. Right, yep. it was similar, six three, a little bit lighter, it's a little bit lighter. He's yeah. more two seventy five, two eighty. Yep. He's working with the backers, isn't he? He's with the linebackers. Yeah, that's what I thought. Marlon Davidson's working with the interior guys. Right, yep. Essentially, similar style of inside outside. Yep. Where do we play them? Type of type of position. If you asked me before the list came out, they're both edges. You're right. Yep. One's interior, one's linebacker. So shows what I know.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Well, let's mm. go. Over, let's go over to the linebacker group. Uh, as you mentioned, we talked about Nick Coe uh, is going to be working out with this group. This group's all over the place, oh, all shapes, so sizes, many guys, abilities. Right? I, I think
3: I think it's hilarious to see the pecking order on who's gonna go in front of who.
1: Who's a, so who's like before and after like Nick Coe because he's like 270. So like pounds. this
3: this three spot I think is really interesting. You got Malik Harrison, okay, he's like 250. Yep, Kalik Hudson, okay. six foot 215, right? Okay. Safety really playing in the box down there. Anthony Jennings, right? Sam linebacker, 6'3, 260. Right, completely. So you got this big, massive Mike backer, small hybrid safety, Sam backer. Yep. This is the linebacker group in NFL today shape, sizes, abilities, speed, power, strength, all different uh, shapes, sizes, and abilities.
1: Is there a position drill you like most uh, from that workout? Um, I think everybody's looking to see how they look in reverse, right? Like everyone yeah. wants to see how. they I love the bail
3: and react drill. Okay. So that's a drill where you start with a little bit of forward movement, right. almost like attacking a run. Right. Yeah. And then retreating in play, play action. action. Yep. You have to get your eyes off the ball, so you have yep. to find a find a target, then get your eyes back and make a play. Yep. Uh, there's a little bit of hip flipping in there as well, so it's a little bit of forward and back hip flipping, ball skills. So it's a little bit of everything in that drill. There. Can I
1: tell you one guy I'm most excited to see run that
3: drill? There's gonna be a couple guys a few. that haven't gone backwards a whole yeah. lot in their career. I'm gonna go Jordan Brooks, the linebacker from Texas Tech. That's a great one. Okay. a lot of sideline to sideline speed, a lot of this, yeah. but not a lot of that. Not a lot of moving, yeah. moving backwards. And I think when you look at that Brooks,
1: look, he's gotten there's been buzz about him in like top 50, like which you know no one's really talking about, but there's been but there's been a lot of media reports about him getting a little bit more love than I think we're talking about right now. And I think when you look at Brooks, he's been very productive over the last couple of years. It's just, hey, how can he play <laughs> moving in reverse? Because like you said, a lot of his production has come going forward. Uh, but a fairly athletic kid, uh, he can play sideline to sideline. I'm interested to see the, how he the looks. The hybrid going
3: aspect of this group can get some guys in trouble, too. Yeah. I mean, Clavon Chasen's with these guys. Yep, Kenneth Murray hasn't gone backwards a whole lot in his career. No, he hasn't done that. much. Malik Harrison, either. I don't think, taken one step back in his college career. Right, Whereas so.
1: everything with uh, with... Uh, Isaiah Simmons is
3: all forward, right. like
1: because he's coming from he's coming from depth, so everything is uh, is moving forward. He's there, a freak there are athlete. guys
3: that look good turning around. And Troy Die, right? Yep. He's going to look great turning around. Akeem Davis Gaither, yep, athletic guy. But he's how do those guys weigh in? That's exactly. Be a big one for those guys. Cameron Brown, 6-5, yep. 210, He's going to look like a freak in that right. group. Like yep. uh, it's just really fun just to look at all shapes and sizes. Zach Bond, yep, edge player at Wisconsin. I think mean, he's played three snaps of off ball in his college career. They're going to ask him to run 20 yards backwards in coverage. Yep. What's that going to look like? I have no idea. See, Mac, you have a guy that you're excited. Check to see? Quarterman. We Walk, saw him at the go. Shrine mm. Bowl.
0: Yeah. You know, someone who he's was massive, praised yeah. praised for his physicality, for his ability to play the run, but can he cover? That's yeah. going to be the big thing. So shuttle drills is what I'm excited to see. He's from, one of those guys. They're
3: going to put him through the stack and shed drill, and he's mm. going to rock those yeah. bags. He is thick. He's heavy. He's got those big hands. Yep.
1: No, I think there's a, a few of those guys. Like uh, you mentioned... Uh, like, is Cleeky Hudson, Clee,
3: Hudson going to go through the stack and shed drill? Yeah, I, the, the bag might like... Uh, and, yeah, uh, yeah is, is Watch out. He might, yeah. <laughs> might get him. He might get him. It's a really fun group. Yes, like, it's, 100%. Uh, and I'm not knocking the abilities. They all have abilities, pros and cons to assess. Right.
0: You <laughs> yeah. wonder, is this almost sort of like how the edges have been kind of differentiated over the last couple of years is linebacker and it gets split into two different kinds.
3: We're, uh, we're kind of you know. getting to that conversation or at least the conversation to maybe add other drills and other ideas of movement patterns or mm. maybe grouping in linebackers and edges and... Coming up with a third group that's a little bit more of a hybrid of or the even two, just taking or, the
1: linebacker and just kind of splitting the group up into two that are just Hey, the bigger body kids and the smaller body just no. You just see the same kind of guys go one after the other in through the drills I think that can kind of help uh,
3: people's eyes like a some bit. of the smaller guys like There's some guys that maybe you want to see do some pedals and and bales and right. some safety like drills Yeah, because I'll be honest if I'm Cleek Hudson's agent
1: I love that he's sandwiched between those two guys because yeah. he's going to look way better than the guy athletically than the guy that went before him. He's going to look way better than the guy that goes after him. So he's going to look just a lot smoother, a lot
3: sharper, a lot crisper. What did Jabril Peppers do three years ago? Did so he show back up the big, next day?
1: Yes, that was a big deal, I remember, with with Jabril Peppers was uh, that he was going to do linebacker stuff, but then... And then come back for the DB stuff? Yep, Correct. Uh, so that was that. There was might a be a deal. couple of those. There are a few, and there have been a few in the past. I know Miles Jack, uh, had, he had the injury, but there was a lot of discussion about that. And I don't expect well. if that
3: does happen, I do not expect a lot of noise about it. Mm. They don't want to create a lot of distraction or make yep. it a scene or have some guy show up halfway through practice, Baker Mayfield, Senior Bowl style. Right.
1: No question. Yeah, they'll, they'll keep that. Uh, they'll keep that pretty tame. Yeah. Um, let's get to the secondary. Let's go corner. Of all the positions. I think forty time matters most for corner. I think that's the, that's the one position where it's like long speed. You're like you really want to make sure that a guy doesn't run in the four sixes, the four sevens. Like you want to see guys run well. And again, low four fours, mid four fours, perfectly fine. Does not need to be four three nine. Doesn't need to be four four one, four four five, four four six, four four seven. And we're, and we're checking the box and moving on. Uh, but to me, forty time uh, matters most. And I think when you're looking at a guy that I want to see run the forty and just kind of get a number on it. Is Travon Diggs, my guy from, uh, from Alabama. I love, 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 love his film. Uh, big, he's strong, he's competitive, he's got great ball skills. Let's just, let's just put a number on that speed. Let's just get a, a good idea of what I think he's got enough speed, but I wanted to make sure, I think people want to see, like, all right, does he have enough juice in a straight line to be able to recover? Who
3: are you giving the nod to of the big guys? Cameron Danzler, mm. Trayvon Diggs, mm. Okuda. In terms of what? 40 yard go. Ooh, who do you think's Ooh. got him? I think Akuta, now Trayvon Diggs, yeah, right. former receiver, Cameron yes. Dantzler, quarterback in high school. Yeah, I think Akuda, freak athlete. For, yeah. yeah,
1: I think I think it'll be Akuda. It'll be either Akuda or Dantzler. Dantzler moves well, but the thing with Dantzler is he's like 185.
3: Very, he's very light. Thin, yeah. He's very thin. So long strides, but, I, but I think, springy. I'll yeah. tell you
1: what. I think I think it'll be Akuda. Akuda is really really good. He's a really good. He's
3: player. a tough one to figure out his actual play speed because he's so physical. He's played a lot of press coverage. Yeah. So that kind <clears> of. <throat> His ability to jam and use his arms and be physical uh, within the route really kind of, I don't want to say masks, but... Tough to differentiate his pure play speed. Is there? A, a, There's uh, a couple of plays against Washington right. in the Rose Bowl last year that he chased. That's when he first stood out to me. When right, he well, saw it, his put speed. his foot in the ground and went. Yeah,
1: that was how he. That, I remember watching that game and saying, "Who? Who is this guy?" And yeah. I was looking up, oh, oh five star recruit, number one. I wrote in the down
3: W drill because I want to see kind of the click and close. Okay. Because he's in so much press where he could kind of be handsy. Right. So yep. I want to see a little bit of off. Uh, but in that same regard, I'm just thinking 40 yard dash. Like, can Akuda run? I think, have, I think it's I think he's going to run fine. I'm in no position to question Jeffrey right. Akuda doing anything <laughs> on the football field. He's obviously an incredible player.
1: Yes, uh, c is There, a guy that you're excited. Jeff Gladney, Texas Ooh. Christian. Yeah. Didn't yeah. get to see
0: him at the Senior yeah. Bowl due yep. to injury. Expecting him to work out, and it's more the position drills with him because athletically he should test out he's a good pretty fine. Yep. Mm-hmm. Question is going to be: Can he find the ball? things of that nature so that that's even though i know 40 time is is the big thing and we're going to be oohing and on over when, when we're in indy it's going to be the position drills to see of how they can track the ball similar to some of the question about receivers, where you know athleticism isn't a concern it's can they be able to find the ball
1: yeah i love that i think that's one of the one of the drills we like to see is their ability to find the ball downfield
3: yeah, yeah one of the corners with some of the best tape in the country amik robertson la Tech, talked about a couple weeks ago yep Some worried about his play speed. Right. Yep. If he runs in the four four, he's a bona fide day two player. Right. If he's a four five guy, he's a a back end day three player. So forty yard dash is big for him. Every year, there's a couple corners that make names from themselves with speed. Hundred percent. Jamal Dean. Kendall Sheffield. Yep. Look out for Josiah Scott, Michigan State. Okay. Everybody's saying he's a four three guy all day long. Uh, And Javelin Guidry, Utah Utah State. Yeah. Tons of Utah players. Probably the lesser known of the group, no question. Track kid, track yep. speed all day long. Look for like a four two eight type of. Uh, what was the guy from Mi- uh, Minnesota? Myrick. Jalen Myrick. Jalen Myrick. Yeah, right. That, that type of what, speed. What a pull. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Who I think I, ran like four two seven or four. I've got a guy or?
1: that I'm going to hit on at the corner spot, but I'm going to save that for for the next segment okay. uh, that I think will surprise. There are there are a few corners <laughs> that, I, that I think are going to run uh, really well next week. Uh, let's go quickly to safety. Um, to me, one of the biggest guys I think we're all going to want to see is Kyle Duggar, the kid from the Lenore, Lenore Ryan uh, film. Strong, really impressive. His size is outstanding. Really, really looks the part. He goes to the senior ball, has a good week. And again, we're just starting. We're checking boxes. Mm-hmm. Extremely productive. Checking that box. High character kid. Checking that box. Go to the combine. You look at the freak list numbers because he was on Bruce Feldman's freak list. Yep. Those freak list numbers are impressive. If he matches those, like. Another check in the box for Kyle Duggar, and we're, we're moving on, and this kid just continues to gain steam uh, moving closer to the draft.
0: For me, Antoine Winfield Ooh, yeah. is a, a good one. Ball hawk, instincts, bloodlines, all that stuff, checks the boxes. Athleticism is going to be the big question yeah. with him.
1: Yeah, the long speed I think is what people are going in question. I'll, I'll tell you what, man, I, I would take that kid any day because he's he's so competitive. I do like lo- I love his ball skills, but everything he does is just I mean he's he's just pissed off all the
3: time. Like I, I he love He has this him. honey badger type of presence does, on the field. Yeah, right. He's he's
1: short. He's right. small. He's he's compact. But like he, he's a fun player. He's going to be to me. I think he's going to
3: be a day two guy. I, I don't mean, know if he's going to test particularly well. I, I, he reminds me of Amani Hooker. And his instincts and range and ball skills, and Imani put up 4-4. Four, four. I just mm. don't see that type of play speed, but his instincts put him in positions to be right. successful. Yeah. And yeah. we talk a lot about test speed versus instincts yep. and angles and things like that. <clears throat> you have to put it all together. It's not just one or the other.
1: I think his play speed, his competitiveness, the instinct, all that stuff, I think that all comes through. A bunch right of there. guys and
3: also that's going to run really fast. Brandon Jones. Yeah, that's te- a good Texas, one. Ashton, a- Ashton Davis. Ashton Davis, yep. track a star, yep. obviously. Uh, then Remember, a we haven't
1: talked much about the Texas kid Brandon Jones because he, he was supposed to go to the senior ball uh, and then pulled out because of injury yep. very early in the process. Uh, but that kid is—he's explosive, man. Back in range no returner.
3: Um, I'm not sure he's quite the Gary Johnson uh, when you run four-three-three, something like that. I, I don't think more he's of a four-four player. Yeah, but
1: still, I mean, that's pretty
3: pretty good yeah. for yeah. A safety. No uh, and then there's some guys that aren't going to look good running. You know, Tanner Muse. right. Probably should have gone with the linebackers, Linebacker in my group. opinion. Yep. So it's always fun to kind of pick through uh, the abilities and things like that. Another group with a lot of shapes and sizes, Jeremy Chin, kind yep. a tower over the group at 6'3". And Isaiah Simmons is working with the
1: linebackers, not with the safeties. Correct, yeah. Okay, so that's the big one to look. All right, guys. I think it was, it was pretty extended. We went position by position. We couldn't go too deep into every player at every spot, but I uh, tried to give you a little bit of a taste of the things we'll be looking for as we get into next week's action. We're going to dive position by position every day starting next Wednesday. Uh, let's now go into our next segment here. It's time for Pick 6.
2: Now it's time for Pick 6.
1: All right, so this week for Pick 6, guys, I wanted to pick six players who I thought had a chance to shock us next week in Indianapolis with what they do, and it could be in any in any kind of facet, but guys that are gonna shock us. C Mac, I'm coming to you first.
0: A little bummed because kind of touched on him in the preview. You know, you were going into Neville Gallimore yeah. from Oklahoma, mm-hmm. you know, interior defensive line, and I'm sitting there like, just just pull the I almost was like, Do I just say it now <laughs> that he's gonna be the one of the guys for, for pick six? But you mentioned that he shed weight. It was about three thirty used as a Nose tackle, uh, moved to a three technique of just over 300 pounds this past year. We saw him uh, at the senior bowl. A lot of players raved about his athleticism, his aggressiveness, his uh, tenacity. Uh, He's on Bruce Feldman's freak list yep. two years in a row. Yep. Uh, so, doing, you know, before he was able to shed weight, very, very impressive. So, not just from an athletic standpoint in terms of timing in the, the speed testing. Portion of the combine, yep. but also should be expected to put up good numbers in the bench press if he competes in that aspect of it. So he's going to offer a little bit of everything. You mentioned as well, the mocks don't really have them Some I think have him. Maybe there's a late first possibility. There's that you know the clump of guys who you know you know after after Kinlaw, you know Derek Brown. Who's going to be in that conversation? Sure. Yep. You know Ross Blake. Play- Blake Locke is in that, yep. you know, Gallimore is in that conversation. Uh, Elliot from Missouri is in that conversation. I think Gallimore has a good chance to really, really establish himself there.
3: Seems like a nice group of Canadian players in this, this crowd. Chase Claypool. Yeah. Claypool's in there, yeah. I feel like I've written Canada on a couple guys. Yeah, year. there are a handful of them. Uh, ben, who you got here? Something in the water up there. Um... <laughs> couple guys, I think they're going to be awkward looks in the you know receiver group, but Antonio Gibson. Mm. Everybody wants to know mm. who's going to be that next you know Debo, Gadget, easy offense, yak threat, can we hand it to him in the backfield? Uh, he's going to look really good in his 40, the change of direction drills, he has really good balance. He's going to be in that conversation with LaVisca Chenault yep. and Lynn Bowden, in that they're all pretty thick and they can all move and go and have the home run speed. So, they're not going to look like they can really boogie, but these yep. guys are going to be fast players out there.
1: Big play threat in like yeah. every facet. Like everything he did, it was. He's just fundle. He's yeah. fun to watch he too.
3: He's got contact balance. He's creative. Makes all sorts of spin moves and jukes and yep. stiff arms and.
1: I talked to him about the senior ball. He's a good kid. I, I like talking to him too. So Runs between to the tackles and yeah. kickoff returns and well, you, you really mentioned <laughs> running between the tackles. so I'm going to go with a guy that uh, did a, a lot of running between the tackles over the course of his career, and that's Boston College running back AJ Dillon. Mm-hmm. There continues to just be this this buzz like in the background, like and when it started. You know, Bruce Feldman had him on his freak list, and at 250 pounds, running four four like. I'm just gonna say, if he does that, that's that's wild. And I didn't necessarily. I have I've watched more of Jonathan Taylor. We talked about him in the last mm-hmm. segment. I've watched more of Jonathan Taylor over the last two years than I have of AJ Dillon. I've seen more of that long speed from Taylor because I've watched more. I haven't quite seen it as often with Dillon. But if he does that, I mean that, that says a lot about what you know, just how explosive and powerful that kid can be. Uh, to move that much weight in a straight line that efficiently uh, will be very very impressive. At some so, point,
3: physics come into play.
1: Right. Like, yeah. I don't, that's I don't know it. if
3: we could get that mass moving that fast that quickly. Well,
1: I think that that's when you start getting into like the. I feel like we the, need to pop in Neil saw, Tyson Negrasi like, oh, with yeah, like yeah, a physics or just, like the, just like, like the gif yeah. of the uh, <laughs> mind blowing. Well, I, I, actually, the, 250 <laughs> pounds acceleration. You're gonna start thinking content ideas now. I think when you look at A.J. Dillon, it starts getting back now into, like, Derrick Henry and what we saw from the Titans down the stretch and, like, they were able to put him on his back and and just kind of ride the offense. A.J. Dillon's not that different from Derrick Henry. Like, he's not that different uh, just in terms of skill set.
3: Also not that different from, like, an Andre Williams.
1: I think he's be- I think he's more athletic than than Williams on film. Williams bounced Williams off a lot I of guys. Had, good
3: contact balance. Williams I had major yeah.
1: questions about his athleticism, and he went he went in the fourth or fifth round of the Giants yeah. the last yeah. couple of years, and, he, and then he was out. I think Dylan's got a little bit more than that, but it's a matter of like okay, like how much more than that? It'll be interesting to see how. He Only gets. so
3: many guys at that size have run that fast. Right. Uh, recent guys: Beanie Wells. Ooh, good I think it was two forty five, okay. yep. ran four four. I think Brandon Jacobs set like. Right. Two sixty or yeah. Five yeah. or something ridiculous. I actually, I
1: wrote down Jacobs when doing Dylan. Uh, as a it's guy probably that,
3: better right. to find some fullback comps. Right. Yep. Um.
0: I'm leaving you that. I'm leaving that up to like you. Like a Marcel Reese. Have you worked on Kevin. your
1: animal uh, comparisons? No, I'm still, still <laughs> working on that. See uh, Mac, who's your second guy?
0: Uh, touched on really briefly in the last segment, a former walk-on track star. You know, Mm -hmm. all Pac-12 player Ashton Davis out of Cal. I mean, really, when you're looking at this event, you're looking at those guys with that track background who are really going to pop uh, you know, not just so much in the position drills, but obviously in the timing and testing drills. And mm. I think Ashton Davis, in a, in a safety class, where I think we're looking to figure out. You know, Xavier McKinney's talked about, Grant Delpit's talked about as the top ones. You know, I think Ashton Davis, with, with a strong athletic workout, will be able to present something to the teams here in Indy.
1: No, oh, that's a great one. I think that's a, a guy that should test. Should be one of the better testers uh, for mm. the safety group for sure.
0: Do you remember Brian
3: Burns' workout last year? Yeah, it was You're really moving good. Moving around, mm. turning and running? Yeah. I'm expecting a similar look from Terrell Lewis. Mm. It was more of a point-of-attack player at Alabama. Had some injuries, had the elbow issue in 2017, yep. the ACL, ACL in 2018. Yep. Really good uh, year last year. Not a whole lot of time on the field. Really interesting loose lower half in combination with a powerful dominant upper half. And anytime you get that mix is a really interesting kind of combination. And if the medicals check out, I think he's going to look really good on the field. He's going to look good at the point-of-attack drills. But I think it's the movement drills, like Brian Burns showed off last year, turning, running, catching that ball along the sideline. Things he probably won't get asked to do in the NFL, just like Brian Burns really wasn't asked with the Panthers. But a freak athlete, and if he's healthy... I think around one guy all day long
1: I think so and he's a guy that I think depending on how he tests in a couple of these my Denell Hunter comparison, I think, will kind of show up. And this is a guy that maximizes his length, just yeah. like Hunter did at LSU. The low production, I think, uh, what did H- Hunter finish with, like, four career sacks? Yeah, that's a great Lewis comp, only had actually. Six, uh, Lewis only had six in his career. Uh, I think there's a lot of similarities between There's both only guys. so many
3: guys with that high, low profile. Right. You know, the kind of undersized lower half, but it allows you to be loose and flexible. Yep. And you see, it's like, eh, hey, I. Big Guy kind of has some skinny ankles, but he's but, long and powerful. Yes, like, and he can turn the corner on yeah. you with you or rock you or go through you. The inside, outside, through you versatility for pass rushers I mean, that's that's valuable. I don't want the guys that just went high side. Yeah,
1: well, I'm gonna go SEC for my final guy. Same state, I'm gonna go Auburn corner Noah Igbenagni. Uh, this kid I watched him recently, I watched him late last week. Both parents, first of all, were Olympic uh, level athletes. I want to say that his uh mom was in the Olympics. Uh, for the country. Relay. Yes, for, but I'm trying to remember the country. where, uh, where's I think it's for Nigeria, I believe, uh, believe where, where he's from. I believe both parents uh, uh, came over from Nigeria. His uh, dad came over and was an Olympic-level athlete uh, for Mississippi State uh, in college and did a bunch of events there. Uh, this kid is explosive. He is powerful. He is physical. He is competitive. Former receiver was like a five-star receiver coming out of high school. Played there early in his career. Made the jump to corner the last two seasons. Two years starter, he can't find the ball right now, like, at all. So, like, ball skills, major question, but this kid, like, from a physical standpoint, like you mentioned last week, or in the last segment, rather, um, there are a bunch of corners that make their name with a 40-yard dash. Like, Noah Igbenogany could go and be, like, that guy that runs his way into mid-day, early day two, and I've heard, I've read some good stuff about him off the field as well. I know uh, Lance Erline had a couple good notes about him in his bio on NFL.com, um, about, like, his practice habits and things like that. If all that stuff checks out, and you've got a plus-level athlete who's tough and competitive, that's that's a good recipe to work with for a guy that's going to be a developmental player that you feel like could reach that ceiling. I think Igbenogany is going to put himself on the national radar. Mean you, you play
3: corner. You want to move him to safety?
1: Yeah, because I think he moves well enough to play corner. It's yeah. just a matter of like, all right, we got to teach you to get your head back around and find the ball late. And until you know, a couple weeks ago on the on the Eagle in the Sky podcast, I talked with former Eagles corner Bobby Taylor. We're talking about, you know, is our ball skills coachable? Can you teach a guy to find the ball? Uh, he felt like you could. Some guys are born with it, like right. there's that natural ability to find it, um, or we, born
3: with the <laughs> natural ability to not do it. Well, yeah, yeah
1: well, so that, like, you know, we, we, I mentioned a story that Troy Vincent, his former secondary man, had taught, told on the same podcast where he said, Al Harris, the former Eagles corner, later Packers corner. When they first got him, he had the worst ball skills they'd ever seen. Like, hmm. could not find it. And every single day, they drilled, finding the ball, finding the ball, finding the ball. And eventually, by the time he got to the point where he was able to leave and go to Green Bay, he had good ball skills and couldn't go and find it. So, he was like, you can teach it, but it, it, it could just take some time. He's but, going
0: in the Packers Hall of Fame Going to the
1: Packers Hall of Fame next yeah. year. Yeah, well, it, dude, uh, Igbenogany is an impressive physical
0: specimen. How would he compare to, like, a Byron Jones From UConn. See, Byron Jones was like a really polished
1: player coming out of UConn. Like he was, he was really, really good at UConn. He he was a four-year starter at corner. Like long, he played some safety as well. But I mean, he was a polished DB monogamy is just he's just super raw but I think in terms of body type I think there's a lot of similarities mm-hmm. and I think they'll probably test kind of similar athleticism yeah, is, yeah, is that's the, the thing. big thing on yeah.
3: tape he reminds me almost like an Adrian Amos type of player mm. more than like an outside of the numbers type of I almost thought
1: of a, like a Marlon Humphrey, like, Humphrey who also like, struggled just, to find the ball who yeah. also struggled to find the ball by the way he was just like tough and nasty competitive and, competitive yeah. and explosive force, force like,
3: player can yeah. patrol the flat Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: he's, he's a really interesting monogamy is a, a really intriguing player so six guys that could shock us again we'll be We'll preview all these guys uh, next week when we're out in Indianapolis. Let's wrap the show up now. It's time for Draft Mailbag.
2: Now it's time to hear from you, the fans, in the Draft Mailbag.
1: All right, so as always for Draft Mailbag, best way to support the show is to go on to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, leave us a rating, leave us a comment. A couple people did that uh, over the last couple of weeks, so I wanted to hit on a couple here. Uh, Philly Sports Mike left a five-star review saying it's one of the best Eagles offseason podcasts. Mike, really appreciate you listening, and thanks for the review. And then one last one uh, from right him, left a five-star review with a question. Uh, when it comes to wide receivers, this is a really good question. When it comes to wide receivers, does a wide receiver having to do motions and shifts pre-snap add to his thought process, and then therefore make it harder for him to line up and play, especially if the wide receiver didn't do much of it in college and now he's being asked to do more of it in the NFL. I ask because we as fans often criticize coaches for not doing this, so if the plan going forward is for him to do it more, I'd imagine that the Eagles may look for more receivers who have that background if they're going to do more pre-snap motion moving forward into 2020. Good question. Yeah. yeah. I think that this is where the – the stuff that we don't have the access to all comes into play. Remember, all these guys are people. Some guys have greater learning capacities than others and are able to say, you know, learn on the fly and be able to uh, to pick up new things a little bit better. I think the thing, though, with pre-snap motion that has to be kind of brought into the equation, though, is and Ben, I'd love to get your thoughts on this part of it, is like not all motion is the same. You know, the jet motion as opposed to like a shift and saying like we're completely changed the location you are on the field. Some of it's eye candy. Some of it is trying to get information from the defense, or, for, or from the defense. Some of it uh, is trying to attack and trying to find a matchup. So pre snap motion. Uh, there are a lot of ways that guys can be put into space and, and used in a lot of different ways.
3: I think the mental processing and the stress it's putting on your your brain, and like he's asking, is it adding to like kind of the uh, you know the mental strain of going through the play? I think it's all about the coaching. And about conveying the purpose of the motion. Right. And if you know the purpose of what you're doing, it shouldn't be too taxing on your thought process. Yes, I think that's fair. If it's something where you don't necessarily know why you're doing it and you just went from lining up here to lining up here and you have to go through your entire roll decks of assessing coverage and leverage and everything, yeah, it's going to be a little bit harder and it's more things to think about. But if it's putting you in a more advantageous position and going from here to here had a purpose – And it's gonna make you successful. Right. It should be a something that excites you to execute the play and should be an easier opportunity to to do your role or your assignment. Just
1: just a quick, like small example, right? The same guy, we'll just we'll say it's Debo Samuel, right? Okay, so Debo Samuel on one play might be used in jet motion where essentially it's eye candy to hold the linebackers. He's not a part of the play of where they're hoping to go with the football. Then the next play, or five plays later, he might be moved from left to right, not in necessarily jet motion, but uh, in a pre stat motion where he's moving from one side of the field to the next, and if a defender runs with him, okay, it's man coverage, and I have to understand the leverage that this guy's going to come at me with. He's going to have me... He's inside out. He's trailing me now. I know I have to I have to run my route. Or... They switched, they bumped it, so now I'm going up against a, res- a safety instead of a, a, a slot corner. How am I going to attack this guy? That's where the mental, the mental part of it does come into play, and you have to understand you know, the, the scouting reports and all the roll decks that you've got on a weekly basis in the game. And there's different
3: play. usages for it, too. I mean, you could walk up to the line of scrimmage ready to say hike, and the quarterback all of a sudden flips the play. Right. All of a sudden, you went from reading the coverage on this side, now the slot or the F is on this side, and you're looking at a whole different picture, yeah, that is a lot of information to process. Yep. But if it's built in and I know, hey, we're going X motion and I'm going to go to a stack (coughs) and we're going to say hike right as soon as I get to stack and I'm going to hit the speed out, it's putting you in a better position to be successful. You know the reason for it. So there's different situations for it that probably call for pros and cons and more stressful processing. Yep.
0: Well, but the thing is, when they're at the Combine next week, when they come in for the top 30 visits, they're going to get them on the board. 100%. To see yeah. what they Thank know. you for bringing
1: it I was just going to bring that that's up. That's the yep. biggest thing, yep.
0: is if they've done it before, if they understand it, it's just one less thing to project. If you realize they may struggle with it, that's something that you got to factor in. Or Is this someone who we're going to be able to teach it to? How quickly will he be able to acclimate? And depending on your depth chart and your plan for him in year one, is this something that you're gonna to need to get him up to speed or is it something that you have to kind of tailor back?
1: Yeah, I think when you look at when you have these visits, when you have those meetings next week, if you go through film and it might be you're watching, you know, let's say the, you know, the Eagles bring in a player for a visit. They might be watching Eagles film. They might be watching that player's film. They might be watching, uh, you know, if it's a wide receiver, they might be watching Debo Samuel film or whatever it is. Or, you know, they might be watching Julio Jones film. They might just say, "Hey, watch this play. What are your what are your thoughts here? Or what you know? What, what are your takeaways? What did you guys call this? What did you guys uh, do in this kind of situation? What how would you attack this? Just kind of get a sense of what the guy's thought process, what, how he's been coached, and then how he can react off of that." So, yeah.
3: Two quick thoughts with that. Yeah. Firstly, I think that one of the best pieces of content this organization has ever put out was the Carson Wentz combine uh, th- interview. Th- sure, no question. And the other glaring thing that take away from that is how simple those questions were sometimes. It wasn't like a big touchdown pass. Take me through the play, the concept. Right. It was like, hey, that random hitch. Why'd you throw that that quickly? Right, yeah. and and the detail and the subtle the, the subtlety of what they're asking is really fascinating.
1: Yeah, because well, remember, like. There's only fifteen in that in that instance, you have fifteen minutes with the guy. Yeah. Like you don't have time to like go deep and, and die. when you have, bring him in on a campus later and you have you have two full days or something like that, then you can get a little bit deeper. There it's about like you're gonna go in and understand, like, okay, here's the we're gonna bring this guy in for an interview, here's the 10 questions I want to ask him, here are the four plays we're gonna if we're gonna look at plays, great. If I'm gonna have him draw on the board, here's what we're gonna have him do. If we're not doing any film work at all, like here's what I wanna ask him. You've got a, you've got a list of questions you wanna ask each guy, and then you've got a list of questions you're gonna ask individual guys. Um but you only have a certain amount of time. So uh, it's about just getting as much information as possible. I, I remember, uh, you know, we're going to have Howie Roseman on next week um, on the Journey of the Draft podcast for Wednesday's episode. I remember a few years ago at the Combine, I asked him, I, I said, you know, uh, when you go into those interviews, is it about finding like one piece of critical information or just trying to paint a picture, like get a better, get, just get a better overall sense? So it's definitely more just getting a better overall sense. Like, yeah, there are certain things you want to try and find out, but. So a lot of these guys. This is the first time you're meeting them. Like mm-hmm. even the scouts. The, yeah. like we had Alan walking on a few weeks ago, and he's talking about like so most schools. We don't meet these guys until after they're done playing. We talk to their counselors, we talk to their coaches, we talk to their parents, we talk to you know to all these other guys, their janitors. We talk mm-hmm. to all these other people, but we don't talk to the players until we get to see them whether it's combine or senior bowl or Shrine Bowl or wherever. Um, so yeah, it's all about just kind of saying like, all right, let's let's just kind of talk to this kid and, and feel him out a little bit.
3: I have a scout buddy who actually is putting together play packages for the meetings at the Combine okay. for the players. Yep. And one we were talking about was for Jake Fromm. Okay. And it was his freshman year Alabama National Championship game. Right. And it was just a couple of clips of pre-snap. Right. And him talking to teammates and pointing things out. And the questions are, what are you saying?
1: It's like three years ago. So, like, you're just going to get a True sense like freshman, recall. True yeah, freshman, SEC, yeah, right.
3: National Championship. Yep. Setting protections. Yep. What are you doing? What are you communicating? Yep. Why? Who asked you to do that? Are you doing it on your own? Right. These are the things that they want to know. Yep. It's not necessarily about the play design. Draw me, you know, twenty-two Z Jet Flanker drive Y corner on the board. No, this play third down national championship game. You went and talked to your left tackle. He overset and let a guy inside. What were you guys talking about? Right. The
0: play? Yeah. That's that's. What if Jake Fromm's a fan of the podcast? Now he's like, all right, got.
3: And it's also the yeah. recall and stuff. Of guys, they don't always know what they're going to be asked, and right, of course,
0: absolutely. No. There
3: are some, yeah, I don't really remember. Like, I don't know. Sorry, right. And you know, some some guys are rock stars in the interviews, and some guys are are boneheads. And they,
1: so one guy might go into four different interviews, and four teams might walk away feeling completely different depending on the set of questions yeah, asked. Yeah, right. that's we, So that's when we hear all the reports next week of, oh, this guy bailed an interview, and it's like, well, you know, like that was one team's opinion. Yeah, exactly. That team might love. That him. was
3: also one of like a hundred plays that of they'll course, narrow yeah. down to, like, three. Right. So there's a very good chance that we yeah. won't ever get asked. Yeah. And there's a good chance they don't even present film to right. them. In that, yeah, so. well, no question. It's not not a team looking for a Of course,
1: that's the process that we don't get too much, unless you we're know, a team like the Eagles that give you a little bit of a peek behind that curtain. Yeah. Which I'm going to uh, go
3: retweet in, like, an hour, because it's a great <laughs> video every combine. It's yeah. really, really cool access. I'm not sure any other teams have put anything out like that since. Very little. Uh, or very little. No, maybe some have see. followed since, but yeah. I think we yeah. were the... Yeah. The forefront
0: in, in showing that yeah, access. So. Bring up so. DK Metcalf. They showed the interaction after they drank. They drafted showed him, like, him taking the D- shirt off. Yeah. Which is cool.
3: Yeah. The Wentz one was very much more serious, professional. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah, it was absolutely. It showed you everything <laughs> behind the curtain. It's them. just
3: cool to see who's in the room. Right. Like, how does the mm-hmm. dynamic go? Is it right. a boardroom? Is it casual? Yep. Well, no, the lights dim. The lights on. It's projector right. rolling. There's snacks. People don't see it. It's the coach there. <laughs> the GM the there? there. We know the answer. <laughs> no, it's finger food. <laughs> yeah, we know, you know? We know that.
1: Um, all right, well, guys, it's uh, fun. Show, excited for next week. Uh, we're hoping that Ben will be on with us as often as possible. Obviously, he's got the the crazy schedule with NFL Network. C Mac and I will be there every day again next Wednesday. Again, I mentioned at the top of the show. If you get a chance, go on to PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash journey survey. Fill out. It takes like three, four minutes. It's a great way to kind of help us out. Makes this makes this show better moving forward, not just through uh, the draft season, but through the spring, through the summer, through the fall and beyond. So if you get a chance, go fill it out. We'll have the link to the survey uh, in the podcast description as well. So you can do it on your phone. You can go on any of our Twitter feeds. We've all uh, tweeted out over the last few days. So anybody that's got a chance to go and fill out that survey, really, really appreciate it. We got great help over on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade over five hundred people filled out that survey. I can't tell you the insights I've been able to get and that. That show is going to be so much better moving into the summer and the fall, uh,
3: based off your responses. And Philly so. Sports Bank five star review, one of the best Eagles off season pods. I like to think it's still one of the better in season pods as I well. I agree. So yeah, I have no pressure. The draft. Yep. It's 24-7, 365, But we've really, you know, kicked it up the last couple of weeks. So I always, th- I just
1: keep thinking back to the Andre Dillard episode that we did like after the draft last year, where like we were able to show like you know Ben seeing Andre Dillard in week two, and we're talking about. Andre Andre Dillard from like basically all through the process
3: being able to kind of detail. I that's first why, that's why bringing subscribe. him up and be yeah. like, Fran, this Andre Dillard guy. You just keep watching. He doesn't get beat. He's just right. keep doing his job, doing his job. Yep. Next thing you know, he's a first-round pick, and he's
1: down the hall. I, I, to yeah. me, like that that's why you subscribe to this podcast on a year-round basis. You get a, you get a little bit of a glimpse of guys that could be Eagles uh, here in the future and just learn about who the stars of the NFL are going to be moving forward. All right, that'll do it, guys. Another show in the books here on the Journey to the Draft podcast, driven by uh, AAA. We'll see you guys next week.